0: Hey, everybody, this is Sam, that girl with the curls, bringing you yet another amazing episode of the podcast. Uh, though, um Amazing and interesting, I think, are the best words uh, for the next two at the very least, because we're going to call them the uh, double Sam was recovering from a cold so she says weird shit um, podcasts. Um, Not so much weird as I just get much more rambly, I think, than usual. So uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, You know, it may sound like I don't know where I'm going to end the comment or the question, if there even is a question, but there's method in the madness. So at the very least, you will be entertained. Uh, At least I hope you will be. Uh, And certainly with this one, because this is uh, episode 57 with Michael Barrettie who runs the, uh, Bladed Media YouTube channel, and, uh, I've been wanting to get him on for, uh, for a bit now, uh, just, you know, I'm fascinated by just interesting people, and when I want to talk to them, I pursue and try to not be so aggressive at times, and you never know how that's gonna go. Anyway, uh, this uh, this conversation is is just I, I found it very fascinating because we talk about the film industry, we talk about YouTube, uh, and the fair use uh, controversies that have been coming up lately, as well as uh, Oscar predictions or at least controversial statements are made. Um, not not really that controversial, but uh, you know, clickbait. Ah, oh my god. Uh, so yeah, uh, you will notice a screw-up towards the end there where I, I mix up uh, a couple of directors' names. Uh, I, it's pointed out within the episode, and I sincerely apologize for it. Uh, I will make a similar statement in the next podcast, so look out for that. Um, but while you're here, sit back and listen to myself and Michael Barrett on uh, That Girl with the Curls." So we're technically recording now, but I can we can do like kind of a more official thing of uh, uh, welcome to that girl with the curls, Michael Berardi.
1: Hi. Hello. Thank you
0: for welcoming me <laughs> again. Yes. Uh, it's, it's it's always the weird part, isn't it? Just the introduction. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah,
1: you just sort of roll into it, and you're like, I guess we should introduce ourselves for our audience yeah
0: it's like unless you were like maybe looking at the title of the episode you might not know who it is but odds are right um thank you first of all for coming on the show uh absolutely it was a a a whole thing this is this is where i'm always kind of weird about it where i'm like i don't want to feel like i'm stalking them (laughs) you know it's like, you send, a, you send an email, and you're like, okay, okay, and then, I know people are busy, I know, it's like, but then you get into that territory of like, okay, how much longer can I wait before it seems like I'm being aggressive, but not too aggressive? See,
1: I always feel with, e- email to me is the least aggressive form of at least digital communication, uh-huh. it's- It seems the least pushy to me, like Facebook is semi-personal, Twitter is semi-personal, while of course email, yes, personal, it still has that mail component to it, so you feel (laughs) like, oh, I've walked out to my mailbox and I've received a letter that happened to be sent digitally, you know. Yes,
0: (laughs) And I, I'm still of the uh, generation that's like, okay, formal like titles and uh-huh. like, dear so and so, and here's the salutation. Like, I still remember those writing those uh, letter writing classes, like that part of of uh, English or something like
1: that. I think we're cut from a similar cloth in that regard. Yeah. There, that's probably true.
0: You can kind of tell, like the people who will just use like the abbreviations, like the Twitter speak. In uh-huh. real life or in emails now, or you're just like, no, stop there's it. A,
1: there's a bit of terseness, and it's just like, we jotted this down on my phone as I was like running out the door, and that's an email. You're like, is it really an email? Yeah, it's,
0: email. <laughs> it's, like, it's just a collection of thoughts you kind of put down and then sent to me like I was going to decipher it. Right. <laughs> I'm Nicolas Cage, and I'm going to figure out the treasure map for you. So, um, Yeah, I had a friend in uh, college who actually spoke in text speak like she would say lol instead of actually laughing so that was a cheers to your friend i know it was a lesson and like okay that's just how they're going to process things now so let's not speak of it ever again um but uh the and the reason i i contacted you is because um your your website your youtube channel uh belated media uh it spoke to me in terms of like you started not you didn't start it off but uh you came to prominence i believe with the um uh what if videos for star uh, star wars prequels yeah which uh, <laughs> which is as i recall my first um uh, instance of seeing your channel um so before we get into that which we will uh what was the uh, impetus behind creating your channel on youtube
1: uh, unemployment okay is, is the short answer uh, it, it truthfully was a result of I had finished film school in 2010 um, and had gone from an internship where I potentially could have been taking a desk position but that wasn't something that really spoke to me. so I, I saddled up on two of my uh, classmates, film shoots back to back Mm -hmm. and then was spit out in the fall from those experiences which were both excellent and wonderful learning experiences Mm -hmm. um and realized oh right I need some form of employment (laughs) and the one thing that was kind of setting me up to I walked away from uh (laughs) so I then proceeded to as I was searching for a job just to be a little creatively involved, just, like, getting my feet wet with editing a little more and just doing it all the time Uh, in conjunction with me realizing I had watched a lot of movies in 2010. So I was like, oh, well, if I just start, like, doing film reviews just as, like, a fun thing to allow me to talk about films, uh, which I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I... The initial intent was actually just to put out a top... 10 of 2010 mm-hmm. and kind of be like and i'm done like <laughs> but then i saw black swan and was like well i should like probably do a warm-up video to figure out what my voice is for this because even though i only thought it was a one and done thing i still went ahead and made a separate channel and was kind of taking all these weird steps as if i knew that it was going to be something that could become something that yeah. people would care about <laughs> it was i i have to applaud myself for having the forethought on that
0: but, like good job me well done
1: yeah but the belated name itself was uh, a somewhat accidental borrow that then became somewhat incorporated into I guess, what people come to expect from my channel of a review a few weeks after the movie has come out.
0: It's kind of genius. I mean, it gives you kind of that buffer to see a movie when, when you can and then do the review when you can. Right.
1: And it allows people to be more involved in the conversation, which is the thing that I really do enjoy mm-hmm. about discuss. Like, when... I- I'm not somebody who necessarily reads a ton of reviews. Um, I enjoy just talking with somebody about a movie after the fact, or getting, you know, I like to to have a dialogue, Mm -hmm. and kind of decide for myself. So it's fun, and I feel that most people who are watching my content have seen the movie that I'm discussing, uh, based on just comments that I see, things like that, because they're usually pretty dense.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: And remarkably civil.
2: Uh, oh wow.
1: Unlike unlike a lot of other comments that you might find on the internet, I one of my proudest moments and I can't recall the video that it was on, but I had put out a video and someone was like I have to say I I staunchly disagree with what you feel about this movie it's not great for all of these reasons, they listed it out, and then somebody replied to it, and it's like, but you have to understand these things, and then these two people went back and forth for a while, and they're like, oh, I guess I get your point, I see where you're coming from, I don't fully get it, but, you know, I understand where you're coming from, and I was like, these are two strangers having fairly like, fairly civil disagreement, but able to walk away having seen a different perspective on a movie completely independent of me i guess i just was like a catalyst you were an for instigator
0: yeah. yeah that almost seems like a i think that might be the witnessing of a miracle i'm i'm Perhaps. i'm fairly certain that's now on the list of of uh, the 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 catholic church is like no that's that's considered a miracle now right <laughs> um so you basically so you started this channel to um you, you said that you were on these film sets and that you had been in film school. Like, Were you going there to... Did you want to write? Did you want to direct? Act?
1: Uh, I, Growing up, I had played around with acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother is a film director. Uh, not a film director. My mother is a theater director mm-hmm. um, for middle school, and so I was exposed to that a lot. And then, so I was acting, and because I lived in Los Angeles, wound up with an agent, and so I... <laughs> had done a handful of smaller, uh, TV things and, and a movie. Um, and I always found myself more fascinated with all of the technical side of things. Mm-hmm. So then come high school, uh, several video, while well, I was still involved in drama, anytime that a video project was the thing that we would have to be doing in any class, I'd be all about it. And, enjoying the the editing and the scripting and the storyboarding of it. Mm -hmm. So then applied and uh, transferred to UCLA for film, concentrated in screenwriting, uh, and then have been sort of working on my own stuff, just amassing a bunch of different projects, none of which have gone anywhere, but that's that's the story for a lot of people in this
0: city. Mm Mm-hmm. It just, Um, it it always seems to, like, I I mean, I've I've interviewed a few people, like, who live out in Los Angeles, so yeah, it always seems to be the the stories, like, I have all of these ideas and projects, they're just kind of sitting there waiting for me to to really take, you know, for them to take off.
1: Yeah, and and it's it's not even so much I'm waiting for them to take off, it's so much I'm waiting for the, like, the right person needs to be looking for the thing that you have, Mm -hmm. because in many cases much you know you can, you can go to a grocery store and it's great that there's a sale on whatever there's a sale on but if you're looking for green beans it doesn't matter that there's a sale on asparagus because you <laughs> came for green beans so, so and true. that's and that's the case with you know many producers in Hollywood like right now because Deadpool was this hard R comedy right before you know doing all these different things was meta and mm-hmm. ultra violent. I'm sure there are going to be a slew of Deadpool esque, oh yeah, uh, comedies that are coming out in subsequent years because people are chasing trends rather than. And I mean that that often happens in Hollywood. Just well, yeah. trend chasing rather than making it, and then something hits that's unique, and then everybody has to follow it.
0: It's uh, it's interesting, especially with superhero movies, because we've had we've had that more uh, like lately. I mean, like you look at the Christopher Nolan's Batman films, like, that was essentially, like, him just starting off doing, you know, oh, this is my take on Batman. And then everyone's right. like, oh, well, let's do super dark and super serious. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to be what right. what fits the superhero. So that's why Superman can't be mopey. Like, stop it. <laughs> like, Yep. But we'll
1: um, still get a mopey Superman and Batman. Superman.
0: Yeah, the... It's oh, a whole can of, can of worms. That's just gonna hurt me, my like, in my soul. Like, if Wonder Woman ends up being just as mopey, it's gonna, it's like, okay, I'm burning Hollywood down. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> I don't think I could handle mopey Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's just so opposite. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I was gonna ask you about that with, uh, with Deadpool, because th- with those trends, like, have you read uh, like, James Gunn's uh, Facebook post about like the trends yes. of Hollywood. Um, I mean, I could I can imagine just from what you're saying that you agree with him to to an extent. Yeah, I
1: mean, I would love for things to feel less formulaic and less. Oh, I've seen this, and I feel like a lot of people do feel that way. But then, you know, despite uh, people being upset that. Zack Snyder is directing you know a Superman movie they're still going to see it because the brand is stronger than any stigma that a director might carry true uh I I'm pretty sure and maybe this is an overly bold claim M. Night Shyamalan could be attached to the next Batman movie and people would cry foul but they would all go see it because it's Batman
0: also, I think even morbid curiosity would carry us through it. Um, this is true. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> it's like, I mean, at least with, uh, uh, have you actually seen Deadpool yet? Yes. Okay. wasn't sure if that was a belated media thing that was coming up later. <laughs> so. No,
1: I, I'm unfortunately a little more busy than I'd like to be, so I, I haven't had time to actually put out a review, although I did just today, as of this recording, put out another movie talk that I've been working on for a while.
0: Oh, sweet. Uh yeah cuz i mean i when I, a, after seeing deadpool like coming out of that and just being like this this is good for what it is like this is probably the best version of deadpool we could have ever imagined getting if we were ever going to get deadpool right <laughs> um so i'm i mean i'm super excited for what they they have planned and i've i've read i think it was tim miller the director he was talking about you know, with the sequel going forward, um, that they don't want like the huge budget that most sequels sen- uh, tend to get. He's, right. he's like, we want to keep it small. We want to make sure that when we bring Cable in, he comes into Deadpool's universe because putting Deadpool in his doesn't doesn't work, doesn't jive as right. well.
1: They have to have they, they've created a scrappier universe, mm-hmm. and f- and for that very reason, it's. Going to be fun for it to be a little more shoestring and a little more uh, down and dirty.
0: Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was just all around. I I really enjoyed it. So <laughs> like,
1: it's a fun time. It it's really a fun was. time, and you can and you can tell that there is passion behind everything that's been done in that. Where it, like, because I mean, Ryan Reynolds has been trying to get that movie off the ground for 11 years. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so this now is an absolute dream for him.
0: And and that's definitely something that you know, we want to see more in superhero projects. It's why I think Guardians of the Galaxy did so well, you know, too, because James Gunn actually seemed like, I don't know if he was necessarily a fan of the comics before, but he seemed to genuinely like what he was doing, you know, Hi. and we can feel that we, we, you can kind of just sense it. It's like you watch Fantastic Four or the, the, the gloomy gusses of Fantastic Four you're just like, I, I don't feel Josh Trank's passion. I don't feel anyone's passion, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, I, I can't say I saw that film, oh. but I know that there are many... Uh, I mean, it just seemed like everybody was trying to... It was a too many cooks situation. Oh, yeah. And that will, that will kill anybody's fervor for a project pretty quick. <laughs> so true.
0: Um, going forward, how do you feel about the idea of Wolverine 3 being a hard R? I mean, I think that they'll be allowed to, to
1: play more mm-hmm. and go darker. I don't necessarily know if they need to go darker, but allowing them that, that option isn't bad. Mm-hmm. I th- like I, I'm I'm not <laughs> sh- I haven't done a ton of reading on it, so I don't know where or what direction it's headed, really. Mm-hmm. So right no- right now it's just a thing that's being mumbled about in the ether.
0: Yeah, it's like every every project now is like, oh, if we made it a hard R, it's like, yeah, guys, um, not everything has to be a hard R anymore. <laughs> it's like, right,
1: it doesn't need to be a hard R. You can do so many things in even a PG film mm-hmm. that, like, if you do it well, it doesn't matter the degree of violence or whatever. I, I just say, like, focus on the story first. Focus on the characters first. If you do that, then, and like, then, you know... Go for something bloody after you've already established your solid base.
0: (laughs) Like, go figure that story would probably be the most important aspect, you know, maybe of a movie.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's this weird thing, at least for me. It is a a thing that I hold very, very near and dear, and it's it's the litmus test as to whether or not I'm going to even be seeing the movie. Do I find the story compelling? And Do I find that there are relationships that are interesting and unique? Mm -hmm. It's... I mean, and that, that's not true for everybody, and and sometimes certain movies, like, I, I wouldn't say that, let's say, for example, the Fast and Furious movies are not super three-dimensional characters, like, they're not, <laughs> what? They're not known for that. How you know? dare you, sir? It's crazy, but <laughs> each character has a very, has at least, like, one or two solid attributes that you can go, okay, that's vaguely who this character is, mm-hmm. but... I'm mainly here for crazy car stunts. Yes. And if if you're looking for the most nuanced of performances from a Fast and Furious movie, you're going to be a bit disappointed because it's all about family. guys. (laughs) It's all about family.
0: Family. You gotta say it like really like a family or something. It's all like about that. family. There we go. <laughs> Everyone just starts de- devolving into their Vin Diesel impression. Mm-hmm. It, it's a Deep vocal fry. Oh my god. Like, uh, it works for Groot and the Iron Giant, definitely. Oh, um, uh, yeah. But it, yeah, Fast and Furious always remind me of like uh, 80s and early 90s cartoons. Or uh-huh. it's like you know you have the five man band basically, and and each one of them has a specific trait that makes you you know I'm more like this one you know, right. and and then there's the chick, and that's it. <laughs> and, and one day it'll be
1: more than just and then there's the chick.
0: But oh, know. I'm I'm seeing it more now definitely. Um, I've I've done a few things about like with cartoons lately, and I'm I love more of what I'm seeing every day, like with Steven Universe and Cora and and all that kind of right. stuff. So. I'm getting happier for the next generation to get what we didn't necessarily get all the time. So
1: Right. But have known like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Yeah now we're all now we're all the appropriate age to actually be making that stuff.
0: And that's what I appreciate, like people like uh, Rebecca Sugar who grew up with the like, Oh my god, why is there only one girl on this entire team? <laughs> this right. Is so weird. Uh to now it's more women and a few male characters, so we're kinda evening out uh, you know what's uh, not acceptable, but what the norm is basically. Yeah, um, which is all right by me. Uh, and and going back to your comment about story being you know paramount here. Uh, I mean, to go back a little bit to Man of Steel, I know it's a it's a can of worms, and I know it just it opens up a lot of things for people. But for me, like that, uh, the story is what makes it the most frustrating movie. Uh, because I can see the kernels of of really good storytelling there like there are are moments I'm like oh my god just why didn't you do that Uh, but the story itself is just like there's nothing here that tells me this is a superhero movie right it it wound up getting
1: it got caught up in all the things that it needed to do and so it took a bunch of steps more or less in a circle around Mm -hmm. where it started from and didn't advance in any direction, really. Like, exactly. we, took, we took two steps in every direction and really wound up being like, oh, like, uh, okay, he's he's Superman for the next movie. Like, that's that's all we can really say. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, a, a few friends have had to listen to me, like, not necessarily ranting, but going through, like, the, the story beats and be like, no, this needs to go here. Like, I'm restructuring the movie for them. And they're just like... Okay, now what? I'm like, I don't know, it's just, it's in my head and I can't get it out.
1: Yeah, once, once you start knocking down beams, it becomes very interesting. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, I, I, I've told him that my movie wouldn't have started on Krypton at all. Like, I would have saved that for when he finds I, the, the scout ship. I'm so tired of Origins. <laughs> I'm
1: so tired of Origins.
0: <laughs> but we have to know that Bruce Wayne's parents died. That's the only way we know that he became Batman.
1: And we have to know that Peter Parker has been bitten by a spider every every time. That that was the one that when Amazing Spider-Man came out, I was like, "You you aren't going to show us this again, are you?" Like, and the crazy part is, in Raimi's Spider-Man, that spider bite happens in less than fifteen minutes. In Amazing Spider-Man, it takes almost forty-five minutes before the bite happens.
0: Oh man, I never timed it out, but damn.
1: It's, like, it's a pretty substantial period of time where you're like what are you why why are we doing this like what is going on why aren't you spider-man yet <laughs> just just start as spider-man like we'll get it we'll understand that you live two lives and that <laughs> I had to go through a change but i don't need that awkward i'm discovering my powers montage
0: oh no and from, then you uh, have to hear with great power must also come great responsibility again because right. it's not spider-man unless you have that right. i, I kind of want a spider Glen. like i don't know if you've seen uh, read those comics or seen them at all but uh the i am familiar with have, have not read them no okay anymore. they're very good by the way i would recommend <laughs> them uh but they do a really good job of actually incorporating the responsibility aspect without, like, repeating the mantra, you know? Right. Which I appreciate because I get tired of hearing Uncle Ben say that and then die. So, um, but, uh, and still sticking with this story aspect, uh, now getting into belated media and the, the first video that brought you quite a, a, a lot of prominence uh, the, uh, what if the prequels were good, or at least episode one was the first one. Yeah. Uh, so what, I mean, I can imagine what led you there, but what, what actually led you to do that video?
1: Uh, it was really accidental. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was very much a, well, it comes down to me being somewhat amorphous As far as when I record, I write down a bunch of notes on a movie or something and and then just freeform talk Mm -hmm. and then piece those all together and look at what I've done and then go, okay, I need to record like this connective tissue and this connective tissue to connect this and I should expound upon this and I can drop that bit or this, there needs to be some humor here. Mm -hmm. And I start kind of working that way, which
2: is... Truthfully not the most efficient way to work
1: But it's a way that's worked for me in some capacity Sometimes I write out things But uh, that in that particular case I had uh, actually approached episode 1 Because episode 1 was just being re-released in 3D So I was like, I should put out a video about the re-release of episode 1 Mm-hmm I should do a review of episode one. It started just as that, and then I was like, well, everybody's done a review of episode one, so maybe I should go through all the things about episode one that are good, that I like. Mm -hmm. And so I started making a list of that, and on that recording, I believe what happened was, at some point I was talking about, How much I like Qui Gon and like the morally gray Jedi, which is a component that we haven't really seen. And then I was touching on Darth Maul Mm
2: -hmm. and how it's
1: like, oh man, that's such a wasted opportunity. Because if he lived, I mean, then you've got this great thing where Obi Wan can kind of have him going like. And then I was watching it back and was like, that's what I need to be chasing. So I then started going back and being like, okay if we follow these successful threads or if we change little things, what works? Yeah. And so it's, it slowly, slowly evolved and changed into, I uh, just like here, top five things that really work in episode one <laughs> to here's reconfiguring the story and kind of going after it that way. Mm-hmm. And then, and I, I I do actually recall when I put out that video or like the night before I was thinking about it, and I was like, this is, this is like a potential to be a kind of fun video that people would like, like a, a few people would actually really enjoy beyond just like my normal fan base.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I was like, okay, then uploaded it, the next, like didn't think anything more <laughs> of that and then uploaded it the next day. And I forget which friend it was. It might've been my friend Gerard. Who just was like your front page of Reddit, and I was like, "What? What? <laughs> does, what?"
0: So yeah, because I I saw I saw it on IO9. They had uh, they put a thing out for it, and then I watched it, and uh, yeah, like it. I mean, it just exploded, man.
1: Yeah, it was it was a very surreal day, Mm-hmm. Uh, because well. It's interesting because I, um, I work for a YouTube channel as well as having my own just on the side for fun, Mm -hmm. and the content that they put out gets 1.5 million views a weekend. Mm -hmm. So like my perception of numbers are sort of crazy, (laughs) and and so like when I'd be putting things out for Blade Media, it'd be like oh a couple hundred views, like that's great. And so I was used to that like smaller number, Uh, and then suddenly when it's like Oh in a day it's got like three hundred thousand views like in hours. I'm just like, what is happening? Like yeah. this this is what my work kind of experienced is, but I, I'm not I'm not supposed to experience that. What's going on? Like mm-hmm. that uh, how how
0: did you how did you eventually start dealing with that? I mean did I mean I, I suppose <sighs> that there would be pressure to do the second one, but were you even intending to do episode two?
1: Episode two wasn't even a twinkle in my eye
2: it,
1: it, <laughs> in in part because episode two is my least favorite of the prequel films. I
0: can understand that. Yes. <laughs>
1: um, so then everybody was like, so you're going to do episode two, right? And I was like, well, I guess so. <laughs> and then it became this much more laborious task of charting out the, the movies and sort of, breaking things down and, and trying to re- like the big the big hurdle with episode two was i had already sent a few shockwaves through and that darth maul is alive and we're focusing on obi-wan mm-hmm. focusing on obi-wan not the biggest issue but yeah. the darth maul's alive thing and then also identifying like where our problems were Mm-hmm. uh and being like, oh, it's this love story, and it's a friendship, and like the friendship matters, and the love story doesn't. So like, <laughs> I need to basically gut the entire movie. <laughs> so
0: yeah, no, and that's the because I was rewatching your videos um, before we started talking, um, and and that was the I mean at least with you know episode one, yes, you're you're tweaking stuff. I mean, I very much appreciated making Anakin older. Like that was a uh, it's like, he doesn't have to be nine. That's not important. Uh, and, but yeah, once you get to two and you just kind of admit at the beginning where you're like, yeah, it's, it's a mess, guys. Like, we're going to have to restructure this thing, like, from the ground up, practically.
1: Yeah, that, that was the point when, because I had been going through, and actually I recently, I have the whiteboard in my room still, I haven't touched it, uh, mm-hmm. of, of, because I went through, with episode two, I went through both episodes two and three, highlighting, like, every plot point that I thought could I could keep, mm-hmm. and and just coming to recognize, like, oh, the only things that matter are, like, the beginning and end of episode two. <laughs> so I've just got this big old hole that I, and, like, that, that was the most intimidating thing, because I had a... I had an end, and I had a beginning, mm-hmm. but... Other than that, it was very, very up in the air.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm not going to lie, at the end of the second uh, of episode two and episode three, when you get to those, like, kind of wrapping up bits, I was getting goosebumps just because it's like, it's, not only is it a a better story that you're telling, um, but it's much more resonant with the Star Wars universe that we had all come to know from episodes, you know, four, five, and six. And so to see that kind of played out in through your videos and um, I forget what your, the the illustrator's name was that you had the storyboard ja- Jackie Whistler she's amazing Jackie Whistler her storyboards, starting with uh, episode two were so delightful to watch especially her version of
1: Palpatine <laughs> like, we had a lot of fun with Palpatine
0: he everyone does everyone seems to like using Palpatine as like this kind of shyster. Character. He's like, hey, how's it going, guys? I'm here. i Emperor. He, he
1: is wheeling and dealing in, <laughs> in the darkness. It's it's great. He's just he's a fun character for that.
0: Yeah, you, you almost wish that they'd had more fun with him in the movies a little bit. Oh, you wish
1: that there had been a lot more fun in a lot of
0: aspects. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, it's like uh, because it, it just reminded me a little bit of like Robot Chicken. And like how they're Palpatine, you know, with, oh, he's great. Yeah, he's Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> it's like go for Papa Palpatine. Uh, but no, the uh, the storyboards just enhance that uh, the visual aspect of of really good storytelling right there. So I, I mean, mostly it's just me saying it was really awesome and they're great. So thank you. <laughs> You're well,
1: the the thing with the storyboards, and that was actually something that did slow down Episode Two quite a bit, was. Me making the realization about halfway through starting to record it, I was like, I don't have any footage for this at all. Like there's <laughs> no way I can have Anakin fight Darth Maul through any creative editing on my part mm-hmm. that that wouldn't feel very janky. <laughs> and so it, it it was this very funny situation of I I was kind of softly putting out a call for artists among just my friends and one of my close friends who I do improv with Kelly was like you know my sister does like graphic design and art and illustration stuff right and I was like no mm-hmm. can I see your stuff and then it's like oh yeah we've talked like a hundred times but <laughs> suddenly it was like oh that this it makes complete sense and, and Jackie is an excellent sounding board and as you equally nerdy if not more nerdy than me
2: uh-huh.
1: uh like i mean she she has the accreditation of having gone to comic-con and such as like dressed <laughs> as nightwing and whatnot oh so, sweet <laughs> yeah so she's like she's in it to win it on the on the nerd train
0: Th- And that's what you want from someone who's uh, helping you basically uh- retell star wars
1: oh yeah yeah no for the that it was it was exceptional and like we'd just be ranting on things it it was wonderful
0: uh well in in terms of the collaboration with her like when did you uh was it just basically kind of coming up with like okay here's where we want this the 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 picture to change or like how was that collaborative process
1: uh it was a lot of back and forth and even basically i'd say at the end End of episode three, we finally streamlined our process of how to do it. Uh, It kept changing of, like, how's the best way to give notes on things. I mean, for a while, it was just going back and forth on general look and feel. Mm -hmm. And Jackie drew so many different variants of Anakin, of Obi-Wan. We also were trying to figure out, like, how close are we really trying to make the characters look like their film counterparts. Does it matter as much? We actually wound up sort of doing a split the difference between or split among of the film, the animated version and then the like CG Mm -hmm. version. So we kind of were like amalgamating uh, from there to kind of decide on a, on a look. And then um, I, I remember i went through and and kind of documented like on, we need uh and would kind of describe what the shots would be and then she'd draw up rough boards and then i'd go like yes or no or we'd talk about and discuss certain things uh and then she'd go through like a few passes to mm-hmm. make sure like we kind of got the right momentum and flow on things and i'd be dropping in like I dropped in, like, the rough boards the minute that she got them to me just of, like, rough shapes, and I'd be like, okay, the cut happens on this word, the cut happens on this word, the cut happens on this word, and then, like, figuring out the flow and
0: whatnot. Have have working on these videos, like, I mean, you talked about starting belated media as, you know, kind of a way to help you with uh, learning the editing process, like, Um, as your videos have progressed, like, um, I mean, are you just learning more? Is this just honing your skills now with with these different things that you're doing?
1: Well, I, uh, from belated media and my, my friend might offer a slightly different, uh, opinion on this who got me the job that I have. I'm now working as a video editor. So, uh, and I, I say, oh, the producer who my friend hooked me up with could look to, this YouTube channel that I had at the time ago, he understands how to work for the, like, edit for the internet, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a faster cut than uh, television or movies, unless maybe you're making a more action-based thing, like Taken, perhaps, <laughs> uh, or a chase sequence
0: or whatever. Unless whatnot, it's a but... Wachowski movie doing an right. anime feature.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, But But, um, so in, it, it's, I mean, with a lot of just in doing reviews, I've become more aware of my personal tastes and what I look for in story, what I value in characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so actually there have been a handful of plot ideas that I had wanted to implement in certain things. And then was like, Oh, well, I can't because it kind of goes against certain character types, but I'll save this and put this into another project that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also I feel um, with the storyboarding, at least, that's always really helped me in just sort of creating a um, a sense of direction before it's even fully realized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, like um, my uh, my brother and I are working on this this animated project right now, and so that like my familiarity with just storyboarding and Whatnot has, has helped us in just kind of tracking and mapping things out, which is always
0: good. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, and and going back with the Star Wars thing a little bit, because what uh, what really struck me too was uh, because there was there's been a lot of stuff put out about the prequels um, on the yes. internet, especially uh, like one of the big ones. Uh, f- you know, for me when I was in college was Mister Plinkett, uh, right with Red Letter Media, yeah. exactly. You know. You know how they went through the structure of the prequels and were like, "This is where everything fell apart," and it was pretty much from the word go, practically. But still, uh, and then I mean, I heard about like Topher Grace did a an edit of the. I'm so curious about that. I know, because... right? <laughs> like, and 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 those are, and I remember also when J.J. Um, Abrams was kind of announced as the new director for Force Awakens. Uh, there was a video a person put out where they were trying to tell him what Star Wars was. Like, they're like, uh-huh. it's a Western, it's this, it's that, or whatever. I believe he
1: actually spoke with those folks. Oh, really? Yeah, if I, if the article that I stumbled upon is correct, they did have a brief conversation.
0: That is actually kind of interesting if that's, if that, uh, is true. <laughs> like, uh, because, I mean, you do see it in Force Awakens, it's it's like JJ J. Abrams was either listening to the audience or he was just like no, I didn't like that either. This is what we're going to do. Um but it just your videos uh spoke to a different aspect of that uh fan speculation where it's like look, what if what if we just made a headcanon? <laughs> like what if we did this? Uh and and I don't know if that was really your intention or if it was just, you know, you know, the, the what-if scenario can either make you like really high on that kind of storytelling aspect or just depress you with how much didn't happen.
1: Yeah, I, I it does bum me out when people are like, oh man, now I'm just sad that we didn't get this. It's like, well, I mean, the thing that is great about Star Wars and fantasy movies in general, or you can even go so far in movies in some cases, is they allow you to imagine and explore and get excited about things and then go, oh man, what if these things happen? Mm-hmm. And so, like, Star Wars is is just an open sandbox. And there are so many amazing stories. I, I, I'm more specifically familiar with the movies, and so that was kind of what I went after and just was playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think people should be sad about it or be... Or be mad at me that I didn't do a certain thing with a character. Like some people are mad that I didn't put Darth, you know, Anakin in in Invader's suit at the end. Because I saw it as I'm following numbers, so we're going to go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. We don't want to spoil things. Mm -hmm. Um, But for some people, that doesn't matter. So uh, I I think just there's a, a fun. There's always a fun component when you play the what-if game.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: and I remember having conversations with friends late at night being like, wouldn't it have been so dope if <laughs> this character had to fight this character? Like, there was actually a... Because I went back and forth on Yoda fighting or not. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it'd be really cool if Yoda fought, but not with a lightsaber. Like, the whole thing was kind of a... Uh, using the force to deflect stuff mm-hmm. like, but it still then is weird because he's so tiny. So I was like, <laughs> that's off to the side, but I like the idea of somebody deflecting stuff just with gestures. Like that to me is really cool. Yeah, And I mean, who knows? We might be seeing that in, in episode eight because now people can, block blaster fire with the Force, so, you know.
0: <laughs> Although, I will say when that happened, I was like, can you do that? Can you do that with the Force? Yeah, well, like,
1: we haven't been told you can't. It's true.
0: It's so true. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, are you... Are are you excited for, like, the potential going forward with Star Wars now? I'm, I'm excited that we've burned through all the fan service in Seven. That's yeah, so yeah, like, true.
1: Like, I feel like they the only thing that they could provide to us in eight would be a few locations that we've been to before. And like Lando shows up.
2: Mm -hmm. Otherwise
1: (laughs) every single bit of fan service I feel has been delivered and maybe more than it needed to be. Mm -hmm. But, uh, now we get to be experiencing a bunch of, a bunch of new stuff. And that's, that to me is always exciting. Um, to just like, See where we can go be be at new locales, meeting new characters or just getting interesting weird scenarios that like like I don't mind going i I don't mind going back to a place if we're seeing something new about it. like I did feel episode one going back to tatooine and being like, oh hey, did you know that there's a whole uh like there's a whole slave trade? Or like a junkyard thing, or pod racing—like that's a whole part of Tatooine that none of us knew about. Mm-hmm. And I, I did find that pretty interesting and fun.
0: Yeah, um, it's like, hey, did you know there's a whole slave trade thing? The Jedi have done nothing about it. <laughs> that's cool, right? Man, they're on the Outer Rim. That's you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, th- that's a. Uh, it's definitely one of the things like going forward with episode eight and even, even a little bit with Rogue One, uh, that's coming up because I like the idea of exploring the Star Wars universe, not necessarily through the Skywalker family anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I
1: think, I think that's what, like, if there's an episode 10, I'm just going to be like, really, we're still, yeah. we're still with these guys. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't, I, I'm sure that we'll be encountering interesting scenarios for finn and ray and and leia if she makes it out of this alive maybe even luke like
0: <laughs> like
1: yeah like i'm sure all of these characters will have interesting things but i don't necessarily feel that we need to always be following them i feel like i, I remember when episode seven was first announced uh several of my friends were just talking about like a just a a bounty hunter heist film like Mm -hmm. that's what you know everybody trying to get the same bounty sort of thing like that would be amazing in the star wars universe and we could see those in an anthology piece like it doesn't need to be tethered to boba fett's film like (laughs) we, we know that bounty hunters exist let's see something wild and
0: there's got to be That's- more than just the Mandalorian guy who got bested by a blind dude. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, uh, my uh, my friends and I we did a Star Wars uh, episode, and I just went off on Boba Fett because I I have a cousin who's a huge Star Wars guy, and I, I love him for it, but I cannot get behind Boba Fett like ever. <laughs> I have
1: a handful of friends who are very uh, like I-, I wouldn't say I love Boba Fett, mm-hmm. uh, but I I have. I have a handful of friends who are like so adamantly opposed to Boba Fett and love arguing with people who like Boba Fett.
0: <laughs> Do they just they just trying to like rankle him up or whatever? And a little bit, and they're they're just
1: like, why why would you think that he's good? Like, what what are his strong attributes? Okay, he looks cool, great. Like, what else does he what else has he done? Oh, he was there, Like, he he put a tracker put a tracker. Great job. You
0: put a tracker. Great well job. done. Yes. <laughs> no, my biggest thing was, like, he has a jetpack and he doesn't even use it when it's the appropriate moment. <laughs> it's like, you fell into a pit. Perhaps if you had had a jetpack on, it could have helped oh, lift you up. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, you're not going to use that right now? Okay, that's cool. Good luck dying in the Sarlacc pit because there's no way you're getting out now. what's <laughs> like, but then I have a lot of friends who are big into the expanded universe, so they're like, No, Boba Fett totally lives. Yeah, he makes it out, his armor protected him or whatever. He's so awesome, he crawled out of the Sarlac Pit. <laughs> like, okay, that's that's precious. You're you're good. <laughs> like, um But uh yeah, so uh, yeah, there was a, a film, a rumor i had heard about uh, Star Wars going forward that was more like a um, return to the Old Republic era, and it was more like a, a Seven against Thebes kind of thing that really intrigued me. I was like, that would be so cool to have like a bunch of Jedi against a bunch of Sith, and like, they're really like, you have an intimate number of them too, so it's not like in episode two where you just have lightsabers all over the place and can't keep track of what the hell's happening.
1: Right, and I think that is why episode 7 just was like, uh, oh, th- there were a bunch of Jedi, but they they got killed because it's more interesting when there aren't that many mm-hmm. because otherwise you just get bogged down and, oh, everybody has powers? Great. Like, <laughs> it, it diminishes how special everybody feels. Yeah,
0: it takes away it's, from that Harry Potter-esque stuff where it's like, no, you're the chosen
1: one. Right. It, it's it's what um it's what Syndrome wanted in, in The Incredibles. Oh yeah, because yeah. everybody power, so nobody is special, and it, <laughs> that's sort of the fear that we have when everybody's a Jedi.
0: And and, and it, it's really kind of uh, a missed opportunity as well because I I actually enjoy I'm enjoying Rebels right now, Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of get into the philosophical aspects of the Force, like what it means to different people and. Uh, and the fact that you have kind of more gray areas for people to use it as well, which fascinates me because it's like, it doesn't have to be black or white. It doesn't have to be dark side, light side. It could, right. there's people in the middle somewhere.
1: Right. And that, that has always been the most interesting thing is that the force, the, the more you try to define it, the less interesting it becomes. Oh, midichlorians,
0: so. It's just like, what the hell is this?
1: <laughs> yeah, as soon as it, it's quantifiable, now you're like, oh,
0: it's like you, Okay, it, it almost felt like like you're bringing science into magic. Like that doesn't. That's not gonna fly, right? It's like that's. But the- as
1: Thor told us, science. Like, we call it science, but we call it magic. It's one and the same, or whatever.
0: It's like, uh, okay, how do you explain... I'm actually looking forward to how they explain Stephen Strange, then. (laughs) Like, that's actually going to interest me, because he's all magic. Like, that's it.
1: (laughs) I mean, Marvel's been doing a pretty good job.
0: That's true. No, I, I, I give them a lot of props for... Making as cohesive a, of a universe out of comic book characters as they could, as they yeah. uh, as they have been. Um, watching what DC has learned from that, which is very little. Um, Not much no, <laughs> it's nothing. It's like, oh, you guys like movies with bunch of heroes. Here's all of them, and you won't know half of them. So <laughs> that's cool, right? Right.
1: Well, they they structured things, or kind of were trying to tee things up like the avengers did except they're trying to fast track it so it in my mind almost would have been more beneficial for them to just have gone the justice league is here like everybody's in let's do this and for those who are like liked they're gonna get their own movies but mm-hmm. they were like oh we're starting with superman and then we're gonna introduce batman and wonder woman <laughs> and then there's gonna be a movie like they're it just makes Batman versus Superman feel like an in-between step. Yeah, because... Um, I, I mean, we'll see.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. I mean, they're they're trying to do an approach. They're trying to go a different way. It's just you kind of look at it and go like, guys, there's nothing wrong with copying. It's okay. Because uh, it's still... Uh, I don't know if you ever... Did you ever watch the Batman and Superman animated series? Uh, I loved those There we series. go. Uh, I, then I suppose if I told you that world's finest would probably be like the best intro ever of Batman and Superman to each other, you would possibly agree with me. Yeah, no, that that's I, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> oh, it's just yeah, I know it's worrisome, like the whole thing. So, <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things I was actually very curious about talking to you about too is that lately, what I've been seeing on YouTube is this I, the the fair use. Um, uh, I wouldn't even. I don't know if I want to call it controversy, but it's the only word I have right now in my lexicon. So, um, a few a few people online have been uh, dealing with this fair use thing for quite a while, right? And it's bec- it's it seems like it's getting to a point where it's it's getting um a little out of control. Uh, I don't. Uh, is this something that you've had to deal with specifically, whether through your site or? I mean, do you work for Screen Junkies? Is that the one that you? I
1: do. No, I don't for Screen Check is I actually work for a, a comedy channel called Smosh.
0: Oh, okay, Smosh, there you go. Uh, so do you guys encounter that as much as I'm seeing on these other review sites uh, uh, right now?
1: Well, I stupidly, wisely, however, in, in my inability to believe in my uh, self to hold somebody's attention for <laughs> five minutes while talking, I was like, oh, well, I'll put trailer footage behind me while I talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then subsequently was like oh and I can use this trailer footage to reflect specifically what I'm talking about which makes my post-production or like my editing process way longer than my recording process mm-hmm. um, but in as I want to say even back in like 2011 I did a review for vertigo vertigo a pretty old film yeah Uh <laughs> And it received a copyright claim. And I wasn't, and I'm not, using belated really as a means to make income.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but it it's irksome considering that I'm not uploading the entire movie. Yeah. I'm not uploading even the video. Like, I'm not even including audio. I'm just pointing out, hey, here are components and i'm using footage to illustrate what i'm discussing
0: Mm -hmm. which is if i'm yeah which isn't falls
1: falls under one of the descriptions of what fair use is exactly using it for critical or analytical i mean it even is as broad as parody but that is the issue is that it is broad Mm -hmm. and because it is not the most clear uh and because most of uh, how this is being patrolled is just through scrubbing th- with bike computers and whatnot, yeah, you know, uh, things that perhaps shouldn't be flagged are and receiving strikes. Uh, the mo- the most scary part is that it doesn't seem that YouTube is uh, holding itself accountable for uh what it's doing to its own base
0: yeah which, that, that was one of the things that struck me is that there the there's no human face behind it
1: right it seems very cold and sterile which i mean youtube is owned by google mm-hmm. which google is pretty cold and sterile sometimes <laughs> um, true uh and so i actually in i i don't know if you watched my episode seven review um but that had No footage in it. That was just poster and you know some published images in in hopes. Just because I've heard that a handful of channels have just been deleted for no reason, or things have become, videos have become, you can't view them. It's one of the. It is actually one of the contributing reasons, but not the primary one. That when episode two happened, I was like, I I shouldn't use footage Mm -hmm. because it would be a wild bummer if suddenly this video were taken down or you couldn't view it in part of the world because of a copyright claim yeah, and I I did admittedly use a little footage at the very start of it and fortunately it hasn't been touched (laughs) but that is a very scary thing for me and and with uh, the movie talk series that I do in the original four or five that I had put out Mm -hmm. when people would mention things I would show clips of them but because I would prefer not to be just shut down or have videos deleted or removed or anything like that, I can't, just just to avoid controversy mm-hmm. and to avoid the frustration of calling out to my the rep that I have with my MCN and them trying to do something, but it just being the headache that it is... Uh, I, I have I have chosen to go well, considering that most people are familiar with the movie I'm talking about I hope that when I mention in the big Lebowski review the point where the in and out burgers come up, people have seen the movie so they know what I'm talking about It's not uh it's 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 a nice added il- illustrative point but it's not a necessary illustrative point
0: yeah i, I mean i was g i was gonna ask like do you do you feel that it's hinders your your work, or does it actually give you another avenue to explore in trying to be more creative, perhaps?
1: Well, I think as far as reviews go, and especially because I had, at the start of last year, thought I was going to do a scene analysis mm-hmm. segment. like I, I put out one video, and then I heard about a friend who had gotten a copyright claim, and their whole video went under, and I'm like... All right, uh, I'm not going to be doing probably many more of these, if any, because <laughs> I don't want my channel to just evaporate. Mm-hmm.
0: That would um, be a bad thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it it is it has indeed limited uh, what I've considered doing. But then there there's also the part of me that I mean the the long term goal is actually to be branching out of just movie reviews and be putting out my own creative content Mm -hmm. so uh it it has allowed me i suppose more time to have attention for those things but it's it's frustrating because people are like when are you going to put out another review and i'm like i need to rethink how i format
2: these like
1: because so much of what i've done has been built around certain uh like i'm just pulling trailers and cutting the trailers up and Mm -hmm. I'm not it's it's not as though I'm torrenting the movie to show anything and and it's frustrating that when I am trying to talk about theming and whatnot in a film I can't necessarily show the symbolic imagery because it it will be flagged and that's that's bothersome
0: and I mean it's just it's the visual medium that you're trying to review and if you don't have the visuals, it's like, well all it's right. A little, it's a little tough. It's a little little frustrating, I can imagine. Uh, especially with the Vertigo one. That that's just kind of weird. It's like did Hitchcock come out of the grave and was like, no.
1: No, that was universal. Okay. Universal laid the claim. No, they
0: you- they wrote they brought Hitchcock back and then yes. <laughs> like, they're practicing necromancers. Let's just let everyone let that sink in, um, uh, and so we're we're at about an hour. But uh, before we go, I was curious about. Um, I know the the thing with the Oscars right now the uh, the the huge controversies, you know, Oscars so white and everything. But uh, do you have uh, do you have a uh, Oscar contenders that you're kind of rooting for or anything like that? Well, I will say, I would love
1: for Room to win Best Picture. I know that it won't, mm-hmm. but Room, to me, was one of the. I, I'm a big fan of Brie Larson. She's amazing, so, and I I have no doubt that she's going to win that. If she doesn't, and Kate Blanchett takes it, who I believe is nominated in that category, I I'll be honest. I like when I saw the list, I just was like, oh, this is a really dull list. <laughs> like like the same eighteen or so films are nominated in every category. It doesn't feel like a collection of the greatest films of the year it feels like a very lazy compiling of oh these films came out in the past three months yeah uh, and, and mad max like everything like the the fact that a film like crimson peak was not nominated for production design oh my god it's an absolute crime it's like that it's- film is visually one of the most dense and gorgeous films I've seen. It's,
0: like, it's Guillermo del Toro. It's like, come on, guys. Like, come on.
1: Right. Hey, Oscars, you loved this guy a few years ago for that Pan's Labyrinth movie. Yeah. Like, what's the... Just come on. And the fact I'm also... It, it, it's just those little things that I'm like... You, I, I'm actually surprised that Jurassic World, while I did not love the film... I'm surprised that it wasn't nominated at least for sound design.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like
1: usually, blockbustery films like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Transformers swept in those technical categories, yeah. and the fact that Jurassic World, which did have pretty good sound mixing, got nothing, is wild to me.
0: <laughs> um, so it's really showing the. Uh... Ninety percent white guys over seventy three aspect to it. Well, I, I think
1: it's just showing a, a, a lack of trying, almost. Mm-hmm. Like the, how deep was the submission pool? How did that even? Uh, it's <laughs> like there. There's a part of me uh, it, it, that doesn't. It's. I'm not. I'm not terribly interested in who wins, to be completely honest. I, oh, mm-hmm. If I can have a controversial statement... You
0: may. Uh,
1: I mean, I can make a few, but <laughs> uh, I thought Leonardo DiCaprio did fine in The Revenant. I didn't think of all of his performances that he's done. I don't think The Revenant is a wildly riveting one outside of, yeah, he put himself through a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that that speaks to performance. That speaks to his willingness to endure crazy situations
0: that that just speaks to a a certain masochistic oscar chasing uh attitude that he has (laughs)
1: yeah like i i i don't know i i I would say of the folks in the revenant i thought tom hardy was exceptional Mm -hmm. um and i thought that i thought that leo was fine i didn't think that he he didn't bowl me over at any point because most of the time he was grunting and panting and (laughs) but that Act. that's acting right i yeah i i, like, I guess <laughs> i just would have liked a little more like uh, what, what- what would you describe his character as
0: um i I'm, I'm gonna be honest i actually haven't even seen the movie
1: oh well then that, that- that makes it a little difficult for me to quiz you on it. It's a very beautiful movie. I'll no. certainly give it that.
0: I I'll, The director, because I loved, I, I liked Gravity. I didn't think that the performance of Sandra Bullock was, yeah, I mean, her performance was fine. Oh, Gravity,
1: Gravity was actually directed by Alfonso Cuaron. This
0: oh, is directed shoot. by Iguerito, There we go. Nah. Did Birdman. There we go. Okay, now I'm... Wow. There we go. I'm recovering from a cold, by the way. So... Oh, you and me both. There we go. So... My brain is all over the place. I apologize. It's all good. But yeah, because uh, I, I do appreciate like visual directors, obviously, because um, that's the medium that they're working in, and Birdman was really stunning in how it edited. Uh, that to make it look like a one take and I love the jazz score and everything, which I think that pissed me off that that wasn't nominated or something. Like there was a whole controversy surrounding the score for, um, for Birdman. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, with like the Revenant, my, I, my father even asked me cause I'm kind of the movie goer in my family. And so he's like, hey, "Are you going to go see that?" Like, I don't want to watch a two-hour movie where Leonardo Di- DiCaprio just wants the Oscar. Like that, none of this appeals to me, you know.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's a pretty standard story of just revenge, mm. but y- you then throw Leonardo DiCaprio through being mauled and drowned and cold and. <laughs> You're like, okay.
0: So you I mean, can endure a lot of things, good right. for you. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I I felt, you know, his performance in Django Unchained warranted an an Oscar or even Wolf of Wall Street, like
0: mm-hmm. but see yeah, I but, liked I liked Django because it looked like he was having some fun. Yeah, like, the the I, thing with Leonardo DiCaprio that frustrates me is that sometimes it's like, I understand you want the Oscar, but are you having any fun with your job? Right.
1: He seems a little too brooding sometimes, yeah. but that that also said, I don't want, um, even though I absolutely love him to death, uh, I don't want Roger Deakins to win for Sicario. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, uh,
1: Roger Deakins is the long-standing cinematographer who has been nominated, I think, 14 times now and not one.
0: Oh. ooh.
1: Yeah. It's like the uh, Susan
0: Lucci of... <laughs> I mean, he,
1: he's worked with the Coen brothers so many times, like he did Fargo, he did their latest uh, Hail Caesar, mm-hmm. and like, he makes gorgeous things, but there's the part of me, while Sicario is very good, I'd almost like it to go to uh, Chivo, who is the cinematographer on The Revenant, who is also the cinematographer on Birdman, who is also the cinematographer on gravity mm-hmm. which would mean he'd have three years in a row of winning <laughs> <laughs> because that's crazy i mean truth truthfully told like chivo is an uh, or emmanuel lebezki if we want to go like his true name mm-hmm. chivo's his nickname uh but emmanuel lebezki is an exceptional cinematographer and i do feel that the revenant is like gorgeous but at the same time i also recognize that it's very pretty, na- like, nature is very pretty in and of itself, but the fact that it's all natural lighting is mm-hmm. the impressive part of it. No,
0: no that, like, yeah, I can understand that part. <laughs>
1: like, now I'm, now I'm just, like, looking, I'm actually now looking at the categories and wondering what other statements I can make that are polarizing.
0: Oh, that's, yeah, please continue. <laughs> uh,
1: wasn't a fan of the big short at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, felt. Did you see the big short? Uh,
0: yeah, I did. In, in,
1: my, in my opinion, if I can just steamroll you a little bit, because okay. I know you were about to say something. No, sorry. go ahead. No, like I said, I'm uh, recovering. I feel we really could have done without Brad Pitt's storyline and Christian Bale's storyline and had a better overall story uh, and probably allowed for us to better understand everything that happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But instead, whereas... Wolf of Wall Street a single character is condescending the big short the movie felt condescending mm-hmm. and smug and acted as though it was being cute but it was never cute to me yeah I, I always just was annoyed at people in the only heart of the movie Steve Carell had like a few more steps to go where I would have been like that was great but then as soon as we started to get into that go back off to the two schmucks sticking around with brad pitt's character so he like mumbles something and then we're (laughs) off to another character who has no interaction with the other like i understand it's based on a true story and they didn't interact in in actuality but Mm -hmm. then just then just cut them out of your story and make it focus on one particular case
0: yeah, it's, it's like the, you know, that's the whole point of film is that you're supposed to tell a story and like, uh, I mean, like we've been talking about, uh, Hollywood doesn't understand that sometimes where they are just like, okay, well this is, this is a big deal and people are going to want to see it. It's like, yeah, but you also have to make it function on a narrative level. Right.
1: Well, and you absolutely can do that, but if you're, it, it just felt like the scope was medium mm-hmm. as opposed to either focused or large because if they had added two or three more people who were involved in the big bank collapse then you could have a magnolia-esque ensemble piece mm-hmm. this didn't feel like an ensemble piece it it felt like it could have followed any one individual and instead it just was an unfocused poorly edited mess.
2: Oh. and
1: that is why I'm real mad that it's nominated for best editing if <laughs> it wins I'm gonna be real upset I have I, I would like to believe that Mad Max is gonna take
0: editing oh it it should it better <laughs>
1: like, like they were doing some nutso stuff in that film
0: that I, I still remember the the first ten minutes during that whole chase scene in in Mad Max when I saw it in the theater it was just like when they finally take that um that downtime, that breather for a second, it was like, I actually felt like I could breathe again. Oh, yeah. Because it's just so fast-paced, and the the editing is so, like, just even how they slowed the frame down a little bit to make it more static, you know, to just give it that frenetic uh, energy and everything, like, all of that stuff. You're like, this is amazing. This is, screw all the other Mad Max movies, this is it. (laughs) Oh, it
1: it hit the ground running so hard. Mm Mm-hmm and then just didn't let up, but its story was so simple that you got to, like, enjoy just running.
0: I mean, it was very, it, it felt similar to, like, how Deadpool ended up, where it's it's a very basic story. Right. You know, it's so trimmed down, I guess, um, from what they were originally, like, planning to do, which was much bigger and wilder, which might have been detrimental to it, you know, if they'd done that. But because it's so basic, you give Deadpool that freedom to make fun of the medium, to break the fourth wall, or fourth wall within a fourth wall break, and like all that stuff. So with Mad Max, uh, yeah, I had a friend who was just like, they just drive one way and then drive back. I'm like, yeah, but it's all the stuff that happens while they're doing that. That's the story. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. All right. Any more controversial statements, sir? Uh, those are those, those the big ones mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> and a- anything that does even remotely excite you about it I mean any uh, songs
1: <laughs> I mean I'm sure that I'm sure that Chris Rock is gonna have some scathing th- things to say up top
0: yeah probably I, uh, I'm sure an Oscar so white joke is going to come out of his mouth no matter what
1: yeah like that that seems that seems pretty fair
0: yeah uh,
1: but yeah I just in general, just looking through and being like, oh, Big Short's nominated for that, oh, Brooklyn's nominated for that, oh, Brooklyn's nominated for that, Spotlight's nominated there and there and there and there. Okay, <laughs> great. Like, it's not... I always liked looking through uh, a list of nominations and being like, what the hell is topsy-turvy?
0: Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember when that movie came out I was like, what is this?
1: Right but like that's that's the sort of fun that i enjoy from the oscars and it forces me to check out something else i um but this year i actually did see most of the nominations i missed i missed a fair amount of the foreign language films as often happens but like mm. i had all of the best picture nominations just taken care of before even the year closed and i was like that doesn't Happen. What's going on?
0: <laughs> I think I got to rethink my priorities now. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, what was I going to say? Uh. Never mind. It's gone. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Uh. So this is going to go out on Friday. Uh-huh. Do you have anything you want to promote or push? Uh. For that particular day, or um, anything that you just want to promote in general? Uh. Check
1: out the YouTube channel that I've got. <laughs> Like I, I, recently put out two uh, movie talks this this month. Uh, one with uh, one discussing Titanic, and one <laughs> discussing The Big Lebowski. If you like either of those films and want to hear me and a guest discuss them for fifteen plus minutes, uh, that's a great thing. I mean, you just listened to us talk about movies for well over an hour, so it seems like you're in that wheelhouse and you have <laughs> the endurance for it. <laughs>
0: It's like if, if you're a fan of this uh, podcast, you know that uh, we like to wax poetic about
1: movies. Yeah, you made it this far. You obviously made it to the plugs. <laughs> now I'm going to send you in another direction for like a long-winded
0: thing. You shall be rewarded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's shiny and chrome. Uh, okay, so uh, go to your channel, and uh, where can people find you Like, if they want to contact you at all or say you're great?
1: Uh, Twitter or Facebook or gmail if you just type belated media on any of the belated media gmail at belated media facebook.com slash belated media i want to say mm-hmm. like those i pop up <laughs> um, i'm pretty accessible
0: i'm kind of there <laughs> yeah
1: I, I exist uh Thank you for being persistent in uh, in coordinating this interview. I'm I'm sorry I was so difficult to get a hold of. Oh no,
0: you you're trust me, you're not as bad as some other people have been in the past. So uh, oh, okay, and I won an award for being persistent in the fifth grade. So I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> Good. It seems like you're
1: you're holding true to that. It's
0: my special power. That's that's what makes me special, Michael. <laughs>
1: You're very special, Sam. (laughs) Persistence and all.
0: Thank you so much. Um, And for anyone out there uh, interested, you can find me at Darling underscore Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y on Twitter. Uh, You can also go to ManiacalGeek.com for all the articles, as well as where uh, the... Uh, podcast is posted as, also on iTunes go there, download, give lots of stars say nice things hopefully um, I know I giggle inappropriately sometimes you don't have to tell me again um, so uh, with that uh, Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show, I really sincerely appreciate it, It's it was just great having you on
1: it was fun talking with you Sam
0: excellent, and uh, for those of you out there listening goodnight everybody Good Night.